I really want us to hear something that I believe God wants us uh, to just really grapple with in our own heart. And, and we're in this sermon series where we're just talking about four, you know, because the world tends to define us by what we are against. And, and then it's easy for us to just kind of settle for doing that ourselves, right? So the world and then even we define ourselves as followers of Jesus, as people who are against gossip and gluttony. And, and that's true as far as that goes and lust and laziness. And, and then we're kind of accused of being against Hollywood. And then the evil one comes along and says, basically, if you're going to follow Jesus, uh, you got you to gotta be against having fun of any sort. You just got to kind of frown a lot and all of that. And, and remember that when I introduced the series a couple of weeks ago, we talked in terms of, hey, we could pick up some of that from the Old Testament and the, and the Ten Commandments. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Is that by my count, uh, and you're welcome to go count up the, the Ten Commandments, but my, by, by my count, there are eight don'ts and two do's, Right? So don't murder, steal, commit adultery, covet, all that stuff, right? But do honor the Sabbath and do honor your father and mother. And so it is easy for us to begin to think, okay, maybe as followers of Jesus, we just identify who we are by what we are against. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? When they said, hey, could you just summarize? I mean, this is kind of a long book now, you know, all the Old Testament. And now, now Jesus, uh, it seems like you're adding some more teaching here. And I, I'm sure that's going to be called the New Testament. And, and so could you just summarize everything that's being said? And he said, sure. And he didn't say, let me summarize it with two don'ts. He said, let me summarize it with two do's. Do love God. Do love your neighbor as yourself. Love others the way that I've loved you. Do that. And he said, hey, when it comes to your mission, what you're to be about in this world, let me, let me just summarize it with three do's. I, I do make disciples. Do baptize those who are becoming disciples. Don't outsource that. Don't say that's the preacher's job. Do baptize them and then do stick around and teach them how to follow Jesus. So we see in Jesus' teachings that he really defines us as his followers by what it is that he has called us to do. So we're preaching this sermon series. And as we started the series, uh, the first message, we talked about how we are for loving our enemies. And then Pierce came along. And by the way, didn't Pierce preach a great sermon last Sunday? Wasn't that awesome? And he just, he preached on how we are for raising the next generation of Christ followers. And this morning, we're going to talk about how Jesus has called us, formed us, fashioned us to be for communities of authenticity. To be an authentic community of Christ followers, authenticity. Uh, to, to, be, to be authentic with one another, real with God, real with ourselves, and real with others. Uh, where we come together and absolutely we celebrate our strengths, where we are just knocking a home run with Jesus. But, but we also face our weaknesses. And then uh, we do, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Where we, where, 
we're honest and open about where we struggle and then we come alongside one another and we encourage each other so that we might be fully formed in the ways of Jesus. Jesus said, hey, as my follower, I'm calling you to be for being a community that is authentic and real. I love that word authentic. One person defines it like this, conforming to fact, not fraudulent or counterfeit. Jesus is for us coming together and not being fraudulent, not being counterfeit. And it's so important that we get this or what we'll do. And students, I really want you to hear this this morning, but, but I want everyone else to hear it this morning as well. See, if we don't get this idea of of, of being authentic, then what we'll do is we'll settle for coming together on a Sunday morning and putting on a show, a religious production, play acting, and we play and act as if we are walking with Jesus and we believe in Jesus and we love Jesus, when in reality, we're not really doing that Monday through Saturday. As a matter of fact, if we don't get this and we don't really embrace being a community of authentic followers of Jesus, where we're authentic with each other, then what we'll do is we'll play act on a Sunday morning and then we'll go back out to the places where we live and where we work and where we play and we'll get real and we'll show them who we really are. And this will be the most fake we ever are the hour or two that we join together here. So when we do that, that's not helpful. Amen? It's not helpful to ourself and our walk with Jesus. It's not helpful to our friends or our family if we just come and and put on an act and and play like we're doing good with Jesus. And, And it's not helpful to the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, we can do better than just showing up and acting like we've got all of our stuff with Jesus together. And we can actually come together and be real and gather around one another and support one another and help one another so that we can all be conformed to the character of Jesus. So this morning, how do we, how do we create authentic communities of faith? That's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to suggest to you for us to do that first, we've got to get real in our relationship with God. So how do we do that? How do we live authentically before God? To live authentically before God, please hear this. We're going to have to walk with God daily. Now, let me connect the dots here. I'm saying to you, God wants us to come together and be real, not just put on a play, not just put on a religious production and act like we got it together with Jesus when we really don't. But we're not going to get real with others until we first get real before God. How do we get real with God? We got to walk with God daily. It talks about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the Lord walking. Adam and Eve walked with God. And it goes on to say, because they were walking with God, they were in proximity to God, uh, that it says in another place, the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. You talk about transparent, you can't get any more transparent than that, amen? Uh, They didn't try to hide anything from God because they understood that God sees everything and knows everything. But here's the thing I want you to get. 
Adam and Eve were able to be transparent with God because they walked with God. I, I, I want to say it this way. Transparency requires proximity. That makes sense, right? How many of you enjoy just being real and talking about your failures and your flaws and where you're rebelling against Jesus with casual acquaintances? You get on the elevator tomorrow to go to work and you work on the eighth floor and Bob jumps on the elevator and he works on the fifth floor. And you don't really know Bob, it's just y'all ride the elevator a lot together so you know his name's Bob and, and he knows your name. You don't even know if Bob's married, he doesn't wear a ring, you don't know if he's got kids, you don't know where he lives. But Bob says, like he always says, how you doing? How likely are you to go, well, Bob, I'm so glad you asked I got to tell you, Bob, I'm having a bad day. I'm so angry at God right now, and I find that I'm just being short with my wife. I'm at my kids' throats. And, and Bob, I was driving here today, and it dawned on me, I don't really like people, and I sure don't like you, Bob. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? How likely are you to be honest about the struggles that you're going through with a casual acquaintance? Here's the reality. You are not. And in the very same way, you're not going to be honest in your relationship with God, to God, unless you're walking with God, unless there is proximity to God, unless there is a real ongoing relationship. So we can talk all day long about being an authentic community of faith, but you're not going to be authentic with anyone else about your struggles in Jesus unless you are walking with Jesus. So first comes from walking, getting real about, I gotta spend time with Jesus. But second, what do you do when you get real and you walk with Jesus? Well, then you talk intimately. You talk. Moses says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses, trust me, spoke back. So God spoke to Moses just like a man speaks to another man, a woman speaks to another person, one person speaks to another person. But, but I'm telling you, it's like ping pong as my, my wife always reminds me. Uh, you know, I get on a roll and I just want her to listen and, and she interjects and I tell her she's interrupting me and she says, no, this is a conversation. It's like ping pong. I'm just hitting the ball back to your side of the table and I tell her, that's why I like preaching because you sit there and listen and let me talk. <laughs> but she doesn't do that. And let me tell you something. You want to get real with others so that you are transparent about your struggles and, and others come alongside you and pray for you and encourage you and you come alongside others and encourage them. First, you got to get real with God. You're going to have to spend time with God and you're going to have to spend time con just talking to God. You know what? It's called prayer. This conversation with the living God. And here's the thing. You won't be authentic with someone you are not on speaking terms with. And until you get honest with God, you won't get honest with others. And then we listen attentively, right? Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. Listen, you cannot know the will of God unless you hear the voice of God. And you can't understand what God's wanting to do in your life unless you're spending time listening to what God wants to say to you. And God speaks through his word. 
So we can talk all day long about being an authentic community of faith where we come together and we celebrate our strengths and we come together and we're honest about our failures and our struggles, uh, but we're not going to do that until we are first walking with Jesus and listening intently and talking intimately to him. And let's just stop here a second and, and let's just kind of be honest for a moment. And I know for a fact this is true with me, so I'm assuming, I'm projecting that this, tr- this is true of you. It is so easy to live inauthentically before God and others. It is so easy to play act. When in reality, I mean, we come together, we put on a show, I got it together, I love Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven when I die, and at the very same time, absolutely be running from God. You remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? And they sinned, what did they do? They ran, they hid. And and I'm just assuming This is called eisegesis, reading into the text, not exegesis, reading out of the text, which means I could be wrong in what I'm about to say. You have to examine scripture and decide if I'm right. But I really believe if you went and interviewed Adam and Eve when they were hiding out from God, you know the whole fig leaf thing, right? Fig leaf thing. And you said, hey, Adam and Eve, could I just talk to y'all a second? Could I ask you something? Do you you love God? Of course we love God. Who do you think we are? Hey, do y'all believe in God? Of course we believe in God. So Adam, Eve, why are y'all hiding? Why are you running? I really believe they'd have said, you know, honestly, my faith is more personal and I don't feel comfortable talking about that with you. And besides, we're just going through some things and and so we're just kind of taking a step back. We haven't abandoned our faith. We're just taking a step back and, and you know, we're not really ready to talk about it right now, but, but, but know this, we love God and we believe in God and we're going to heaven when we die. But hey, you know, there's just, there's just some things that I'm going through and I don't really want to get into it right now. It's so easy to play like we got it together with God when in reality we know what we're doing is we're hiding out and using fig leaves and other things to cover over our sin. See, we stole that page out of Adam and Eve's book, didn't we? We're so often like the proverbial four-year-old who steals the cookie out of the cookie jar and we think, man, if I can just go into the other room and eat the cookie behind the chair, no one is ever gonna notice because what happens in secret will stay a secret. Never mind that the cookie jar is empty and there's crumbs all over the floor. Never mind that God sees everything and knows everything. We convince ourselves that if we can just hide out behind some closed door, we can satisfy our lust. And if we can just find the right friend group, we can enjoy our sin because what happens in secret stays a secret from God and God's people. But but let let me also say, I really do believe that more of us, more of us are inauthentic with God, not because we're running from our sin, but because we 
start running from God because of our sin, but it's because we just ignore God. We don't intend to. We just live life on fast forward, don't we? I don't know of anyone, no one that I know, no one in this church that I've ever talked to uh, has ever told me, you know, I just wake up a lot of mornings and I'm thinking, you know, today I just kind of want to freeze God out. I just don't want to hear from him, speak to the hand because the face don't care. You know, just God, I don't want to hear anything you got to say. I don't want to talk to you. Not because I want to run and embrace some terrible sin. It's just, I got a lot to do and I ain't got time for you, God. So just bug off. Nobody does that. But, but we all do find ourselves getting so busy that we can go through a Monday and realize, my goodness, I haven't even read God's word. I haven't talked to God. I haven't listened to God. I haven't been convicted of any sin. I haven't repented of any sin. God has not done a single thing in my life today. Have you ever done that? Have you ever found yourself so busy you'll go through a Monday or a week or a month? See, when you and I do that, here's the thing. We're not... We're not living authentically before God. We're just acting apart. That's why the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. See, I read this this morning in my own just devotional time. So this is free of charge. It wasn't in my notes until I wrote them in after my devotional time thinking, I gotta throw that in. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I always read that and I thought, okay, God is pleased when I have a lot of faith. And it dawned on me this morning for the very first time that I've been reading that verse wrong. See, God is not necessarily pleased when you have a lot of faith. Oh, he wants you to have a lot of faith because a lot of faith leads to what pleases God. Listen to the next part of the verse. For whoever would draw near to God. Do you wanna know what pleases God when you start getting real with God? He is pleased when you draw near to him because he actually loves you and wants to spend time with you. It, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, when you start getting real with God, it takes faith. It takes faith to say, wait a minute, I'm gonna have to walk with God today if I'm gonna be real and transparent before God. And, and I gotta believe, number one, if I'm gonna spend time with God, I gotta believe that he actually exists. And number two, I've gotta believe that he's actually worth the effort that he rewards those who seek him, that is actually worth my time to pause and seek first the kingdom of God. See, that's when we start getting real with God. How can we become an authentic community? Well, first, we stop running from God and ignoring God and we start spending time with God. And second, we gotta get real with ourselves, right? There's a great verse, um, of scripture that just talks about who we are. It's Shakespeare who said, to thine own self be true. And that's good advice. No matter if that advice is coming from the word of God or not, that's good advice. And, and it's really good advice to say, hey, be honest about who you are. And, and who you are is not a bad thing in Jesus. Listen to me. The first thing about your identity is that you are in Christ. You wanna, you wanna live in authentic community with other Christ followers? Get honest with yourself about who you are. You are in Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter one that you are in Christ over and over and over. In Christ, in Christ, and in Christ. In Christ, you're chosen, beloved, blameless, 
predestined, forgiven. But, but it also says in Christ, you're a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you see those two words, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul says that you're not only in Christ, you're not only a new creation, but you're also a saint as a child of God through faith in Jesus to all those in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be saints. You are in Christ, you are a new creation, you are a saint. That's who you are. But let me tell you something else that's also true about you that's really, really important. And you gotta get this, own this, before you'll ever get honest with others about who you are. You're in Christ, but you're also in this world. See, you're in Christ and a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, but you're also a resident of this fallen, broken world. Uh, see, the kingdom has come, but not fully, right? It's already, but not yet. That's why God tells us every day, even though we are in Christ, forgiven, uh, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, we still have to pray every single day and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So when we start getting real and honest with ourselves about who we are, we come to this conclusion, I'm a saint who struggles with sin. I'm a child of the king who often rebels against my king. I'm a follower of Jesus who struggles to follow Jesus. Can anyone in here relate to that? See, I want us to just own that for a second. I'm gonna invite you to just say with me, I'm a saint who still struggles with sin. Some of you are going, no, 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 not me. You don't understand. Okay, you're still deceiving yourself. So just say it so that you'll humor us, okay? But just say this with me, will you? Let's just declare this. Let's own this about ourselves. I'm a saint who still struggles with sin. Say that with me. I'm a saint who still struggles with sin. Now just turn to the person next to you and say, I already knew that about you. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. <laughs> don't do it, just joking. So now, here, here's the deal. You ready? Check this out. How do we become an authentic community where we come together and we can be real about who we are? Man, here's where I'm really doing well with Jesus. Here's where I'm struggling with my faith. Here's where I'm struggling to follow Jesus. Here's where, even though I'm a saint, I'm still struggling with sin. And how can we become this community then where we really gather around one another and pray for one another, encourage one another? Well, we've gotta be willing to get authentic before others. And this is the hard part, right? This is when you start coming to verses like this. Therefore, confess your, uh, your strengths and successes and how amazing you're doing with Jesus and confess how awesome your last prayer time was three years ago. No. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Listen to what happens. See, when we begin to confess our sins, what we're doing is we're inviting others to join with us. And I'm not talking about confess to casual acquaintances. 
I'm talking about confessing to people that you enter into this covenant love relationship with people that love you and have your back and even though they know your weaknesses. See, when we start to confess our sins, what we're doing is we're inviting people to pray with us and pray for us. And then look at the next part of the book. The prayer of a righteous person has a lot of power. It's amazing when we get people around us and they're praying for us at the point of our struggle, how God uses that prayer to empower us to begin to resist the very thing that has been defeating us. And so he says, here, confess your sins. Let's get real. Let's be honest about who we are in Jesus. We're saints who still struggle with sin. See, when you can confess that to yourself, it's a lot easier to admit that to someone else. And let me tell you something else. When we confess our sins rather than hide our sins, we break the power of secret sin. So, what do we do with this? I want you to think about something that I read this past summer. And just talked about how spiritual formation occurs. And it was really eye-opening for me because in the book it made this suggestion and it's based on brain science with a biblical foundation. And I'm like, that's true. It said spiritual formation occurs primarily not, not solely, but primarily, not through belief, but through relationships. See, if your character is gonna be transformed, it will happen not first through beliefs, it will be happen through relationships that you form. And technically, we all get this, and that's why any parent in the room that's worth their salt has said these words to their child, do as I say, not as I do. Why? Because the parent knows that their child, even though they don't want it to be this way, they know it is this way, and their child is going to be more influenced by their behavior than their beliefs. And so how is character formed? Here's how character is formed. When we enter into relationships, it says the right side of your brain six times a second when you walk into the room. The first thing you're doing is you're looking, your brain subconsciously is looking for whose face just lit up because I walked into the room. Who is actually happy to see me? That's why it's so important that as a church, we welcome those who are among us. Maybe somebody's been coming to church here 20 years and you don't know them and you're going, man, I'm so glad to see you. What's your name? And they'll say, Bob. And you go, Bob, I'm glad to see you. Because your brain wants to, as it turns out, we like those who like us. But then your brain's not just looking who's happy to see me. Your brain is looking who are my people? Who is it that actually loves me with a steadfast love? Who is it that actually is going to love me even when they get to know my faults? And so then once we begin to identify our people, these are our people, this is my people, then, then we begin to ask a couple of questions. Number one, who's my people? Number two, how do my people act? And trust me, students, your parents know what I'm saying is true. That's why they are so desirous, so committed to having you, helping you, encouraging you to connect with the students here at church. So their prayer is so that you guys begin to identify, this is who we are. We are followers of Jesus. And this is how we act when it comes to temptation, when it comes to hate, when it comes to forgiveness. This is who we are. We're followers of Jesus. This is how we act. And that's how character is formed by the group that we begin to 
identify with. These are my people and this is how my people act. Good or bad, right? You join the Hell's Angels. I'm telling you, within a month or two, you'll be going, man, I, I wanna get a, I'm gonna get a motorcycle. I never even knew I wanted a motorcycle. I want a motorcycle. I wanna get a leather jacket too. You know, I wanna go hang out at a bar and I gotta tell you, I just wanna get into a good old fight. I mean, just a good old fashioned knock down, drag out fight. See, it can be good or bad. But character is formed by relationship before it's formed by belief. That's why we act contrary to our beliefs all the time. And then the final part of character formation is accountability. See, once we identify our people, then our people have the freedom to come alongside us and say, hey, I love you, and what I'm about to talk to you about doesn't impact my love for you, but here's the thing. We are, our identity, we're followers of Jesus, and right now, you're not acting out of your identity, out of who you are. Can I pray with you? Can I talk with you? Can we talk about this? Can I help you to begin once again to act out of who you are? are. So what do we do with this message? My encouragement to you is this. Don't settle for coming here on a Sunday morning and just putting on a religious display of your goodness. Instead, instead, Decide right now, I wanna be a part of an authentic community where I can be real about my successes and my failures in following Jesus. I wanna be in a community that will come around me and a community that I can come around where we can pray for each other and encourage each other and find healing and wholeness and transformation and be formed into the character of Jesus. For that to happen, some of you the place to start is just getting real with God. Some of you right now, when I'm talking about running from God, ignoring God, because you're living on fast forward, you're going, man, I ain't gonna tell anybody, but that's me. Listen, right now, the place to start is to repent and to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus or just repent if you've already trusted Jesus as your savior and, and instead just say, Jesus, I'm gonna stop play acting and I'm gonna start walking with you. The second place to go is this. Get into an authentic community. You're not gonna get honest about your struggles with sin with casual acquaintances. Get into a life group and then get into a discipleship group. Get, get, get surrounded by some folks who will say, let's get real and let's help each other. The final thing I'd say is this. We've gotta make sure that we are a community of grace, amen? That we encourage this being a place of grace where people can come and be real and confess their failures and what they receive in exchange is grace and love and forgiveness.